me say a couple of things to begin with. Very few places in all of Scripture ever say words like this. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. Let me tell you, that is not said about very many people at all. It's not said about Jesus. Oh, yeah, Jesus, he was a handsome guy, well-built, not said. It's not said about David. It's not said about Adam, first created. It's not said, but here it is said about Joseph. He was well-built and handsome. So, just a... That's, as we look at the scripture, that is just, it's remarkable when you see something like that, that is listed there about a particular figure of importance in the Bible. Now, my sermon this morning is entitled, When a Good Decision Makes Life Hard. When a Good Decision Makes Life Hard. Now, you know, it is always, it is always a truth to hear our children respond to my questions uh, during the children's moments. Parents, you know, begin to shake in their pews when they begin to hear the words of their children because the children will tell the truth about things in more ways than not. Over the years, I've had a great deal of uh, interesting moments with children, you know, my first church, I was talking about water one day down in Savannah, Georgia, and what we use water for. And, you know, we drink water, the children said. We take baths and we use waters. You know, what else has water in it? Well, swimming pools have water in it. And one of the little girls, you know, piped up and said, and my mommy jumped naked in the swimming pool the other day. I had a little girl one time who was a good friend of Callie's in the church at North Carolina. And we were talking one day and she and the children's moment and she asked me if I was her daddy. And her daddy and mama are sitting out there. You never know. You never know. But truth, truth often comes out how they think about things and how they respond to things. So here, in our story this morning, there's a great deal of truth. Joseph, who had been, how shall we say, Joseph, who had been the favorite of his father. Joseph, who had been doted on by his father. Joseph, who had been given the best that his father could provide at the expense, often, of his brothers and his sisters. Joseph, the favorite child and recognized by everybody, mainly because of that great-looking coat that his dad had made for him. Joseph, who had these dreams that were wild and that purported that everybody would one day bow down and serve Joseph. And Joseph, out of being a naive young man or whatever, would just say these things and do these things and take care of what his father had put him in charge of and 
tell about how his brothers wouldn't work like they should, doing all the things that made him a stench in the nostrils of his family. And so, we learned, of course, last week that he is sold off and the brothers conspire together to tell their father he has been killed and eaten by a wild animal. And all along, he has been sold to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt, and there he is sold into slavery as a servant of a man named Pontifer, who is head of the guard that protects Pharaoh. So Joseph, Joseph, a man who had once enjoyed all of the luxuries of life, now finds that he is a slave. And he has nothing and enjoys nothing in life. What a juxtaposition that is to go from one extreme to this other extreme, to go from a place that is highly elevated to a place in which you are the property of someone else. It is difficult for many of us, if not for all of us, to even imagine such a change in life and in positions of life. But so had happened to Joseph. Now, it is during these particular times in life when we find our worlds upside down, different from how it was before. So different that we are sometimes scarcely able to cope with it that there comes a point in time in which we have to begin to make a decision about life itself and how we are going to deal with the situation in which we find our lives now surrounded. And this, this was Joseph's Dilemma. This was Joseph's decision. How can you make a decision as a slave? How can you make a decision when you are owned by someone else? How is this possible? And yet, and yet, Joseph had to make a decision. Certainly, he could have just languished, could have said, woe is me, could have said, my life is over, could have said, I have come to the end and nothing will come of me and I will be forgotten forever. He could have just wallowed, if you will, in anguish and in his misfortune as he no doubt saw it. He could have just 
capitulated and worked as a just as a slave laborer the rest of his days. He could have made that decision. And oh, how easy of a decision that would have been. He'd lost everything. He'd lost the good lifestyle he had. He'd lost the privilege that he had. He lost all the things that were of importance and that brought him comfort in life. And he could have just said, I am done. I am finished. Do you not think that he was in shock from the time that his brothers had stripped him and brought him up out of the cistern and sold him right there in front of him, getting 20 pieces of silver for him. He is bound and loaded into the caravan going to Egypt. Could he not have just thought, well, this is it? Certainly, there was shock, like shock that comes when something traumatic has happened in life that transforms life. And this has happened to Joseph. And so he goes. Now, you know, even by caravan, it still takes a few weeks to get to Egypt, especially to wherever he is sold, there on the Nile River, no doubt. And he comes into the possession, literally. He comes into the possession because he is that which is being possessed of Potiphar. And once there, he realizes his new role. He's a slave. And whether it was made clear to Joseph in a vision, a dream, or his presence, there was a decision that Joseph made that was very clear. And in verse 2 it says that the Lord was with Joseph. Even now as a slave, it says that the Lord was with Joseph. And from that point on, it must have occurred to Joseph that the decision that he must make is to make the best of what God has given me. To make the best of being a slave. It goes against everything that we can think of in our minds. It goes against every principle. A slave but the Lord was with Joseph. So Joseph decided, call it an act of maturity. Call it an act of desperation. Call it a sense of trusting in God, of having faith in God. Joseph decides that he will work hard, that he will be an excellent slave of his master, 
Pontifer, that he will do everything that his master will want. And then in these following verses, it becomes very clear that not only was the favor of God upon Joseph, but because of what Joseph did and how he acted and how he was able to bring prosperity to his master's house, that he found favor with Pontifer. And that in time, something miraculous, if you will, happened. That in time, he becomes, he becomes the head steward, if you will, of his master's house, his earthly master, Pontifer. And Pontifer leaves him in charge of everything, in the house and in the fields. Everything but his food. No Egyptian official left anybody in charge of their food. The tasters would have to do that first. (laughs) But there we have it. The slave... The slave had become and had the ability to make something of his life. He chose. He decided. He found that God was still with him even in these terrible circumstances. Even when he thought his life was over, God was still with him. And that's a message today that still needs to be heard. Even in our most difficult places, even in our situations in which we don't think there's a good answer or a good turn or a great situation, God is still with us. We have not left the presence of the Lord as the choir sang saying, if God be for us, and he is. So, all of this, all of this, sold into slavery, grows up further in the house of an Egyptian master, and he does well. He takes care of things. He works hard. He is faithful to God. He is faithful to his earthly master. He works so that his master's house is better. And then he is confronted with a decision. A decision brought on by his master's wife. I'm not sure how Joseph made his decision not to. But he turns out to be a faithful and an honorable man, both to his master and to his God, and he makes a decision that is the right decision, but it cost him everything that he had achieved. Because in making the decision 
to not engage with his master's wife. He is cast back into prison. It is a wonder that he didn't die, but he made a good decision and it made his life hard, desperate. And you have to think, God, why did this happen to me? Why did this come upon me? Why did I have to do this? Why did I have to make such a decision in my life, a good decision, and now my life is back in ruins again? God does not promise us that our lives will be easy, without difficulty, without problems of every sort. None of that is promised. None of that is guaranteed. God says that he will be faithful and that he will be with us in all the situations of life in the good parts and in the bad parts. And even when a decision has been made in our life that is the good and right decision, it does not guarantee that it will make our lives any better and may often make our lives worse instead. Is that true? I think it is. I think if you go through the Bible time and time again, you see the people of God and persons of God making good decisions only to find out that it costs them everything. Ruth. And by the way, ladies, next Thursday at the Bible study, we begin the study of Ruth. Ruth. When she had lost her husband, and her sister-in-law had lost her husband, and her father-in-law, the husband of Naomi, her mother-in-law, had also died, and they were distressed and distraught because all the men in the family were gone, and there was no one left to help support the family the one daughter-in-law went back to her people, and Naomi tried to make Ruth go back to her people, and Ruth said, no, I am going to stay with you. I am going to stay with you, and it would mean a life of hardship, of poverty, two widows that had nothing and Ruth would go out and pick up the scraps that were left behind after the fields had been harvested and did all sorts of things. But she took the route of staying with her mother-in-law and helping her. She made a decision, which was a good decision for Naomi, and as it would turn out for Ruth, but not in the beginning, not at first. It was a terrible decision. A hard decision, a good decision. But one day, the line of Jesus would go back through 
that woman, Ruth. Hmm. We're about to, in just a couple of minutes, to come to the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. We remember after they had eaten supper, and they are there in the garden, and Jesus asked his disciples to pray, to pray with him, because the night would be long, and it was going to be very hard. And so as Jesus is praying, and as the gospel said, and he sweat, and it was like blood running off of his face, and he asked the Father in heaven, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But no, not my will, your will be done. And he made the hard decision, that decision at that point in time to remain faithful to God, his father's purposes. And the mob came and they carried him off for trial and for crucifixion. A good decision. That meant the crucifixion of our Lord. There are times in our lives when we have to make critical choices and decisions about matters of life. Making a good decision may often mean a sacrifice. It may often mean going through something that you did not want to go through. It may mean suffering. It may mean hardship. It may mean a lot of different things. But do not forget and never doubt that for those of us who are the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, those of us who claim that we are Christian, those of us who trust in the Lord with our lives and with our eternal lives, let us be assured that we are never alone, that we are not without the presence of God even though our own personal preference, presence may be just so very, very hard or difficult, like Joseph's was. He made a good decision, and it cost him everything. But God was with Joseph. And God is with us. We never know where God is at work in our lives until after sometimes. Joseph would come to experience the presence of God in a powerful way yet again just as we experience the Lord in a powerful way, yet again, time and time in our lives. 
Thanks be to our God, who does never forsake or abandon his people. Amen.